coming to get Nestor was a donkey who seldom left her plate Cause no one ever used him in the stable where he stayed Welcome back to Long Walk Talks. My name is David Hensley. I'm the owner and creative director of Long Walk Productions, and I am joined today, as always, by one of my two regular co-hosts, Chris Barnes. Hello. Do you have time to talk about our Lord and Savior, Nestor? And our guest host for this evening and my co-host of Long Walk Teeny Talks, Katie Bearden. Hey! And your co-host for life. Yes, that's true. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. Katie, mm-hmm. how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, happy to uh, stand in for Stan, no pun intended, uh, but seems to be I'm a, a placeholder for all of your podcasts when when you need a warm body, so ready to give my uh, two cents. Happy to be in the new space officially, too. Yeah, this is your first one in here. It is. It's very echoey, um, and I feel like bursting into song. Well, we'll save that for a different podcast. Okay. Um, yeah, as is tradition, we almost broke it, uh, but we're discussing a Christmas film, and Stan is not here. Stan watched it and had a Stanierism. Yes, he did. Stan outright hated the movie that we are going to, or the Christmas special that we're going to discuss. <laughs> he did? He hated it so he much. He hated it. And he was going to be here, but then he decided he was he too tired. He hated it so much, he just walked into the woods and... <laughs> Never to be seen again. Never to be seen again. Yep, he watched it for nothing. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Right. So the... I, I don't know. I don't get It's just 23 minutes. It's I know. It's a solid. I mean, you know, I, I, I watched it with commercials involved, too. So, yeah, I mean, a while ago, not last night. So as is a tradition on this podcast, a few years ago, we discussed all of the other reindeer and we've discussed uh, grandma got run over by a reindeer. We're breaking the uh, reindeer theme to talk about another kind of animal, Nestor the long-eared Christmas donkey. And boy, what a wild ride these 23 minutes certainly were. Oh, (laughs) Uh, before we jump into it, Katie, general thoughts about Nestor? Um, I, I grew up watching all of the Rankin Bass claymation and like shorts. So the fact that you, uh, Googled the worst Christmas specials out there and this was on the list, I was shocked and appalled because I can show you some bad, bad Rankin Bass stuff. Um, there's one that's uh, incorporating like a leprechaun and it's St. Patrick's themed, like very offensive, very <laughs> offensive stuff out there from Rankin, but it was a different time. Um, my general thoughts about Nestor is I thought it was cute. I definitely didn't think it was the worst thing out there. Um, does it have some hangups? Sure, but I'm always going to be constantly impressed by claymation. I just am like it, it. It's so innovative, and sometimes their attention to detail is so mind-boggling to me that they think about people's eyebrows and people's, you know, the texture of their clothes and stuff. So I'm always going to appreciate that. So 
Okay. That's my general thoughts. It sounds like the St. Patrick's Day one is something that we're going to have to tackle in a few months on Long Walk Teeny Talks. Uh, Maybe so. I mean, you know, for what it's worth, I mean, they're not not super long. So, I mean, you know, you can suffer for a half hour. I suffered through worse. So, um, yeah, into the woods. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey? Well, Katie's right. I mean, technically, Rankin-Bass stuff is always fun to watch because of all the personal care they put into it. But this has, this just raises so many questions. What, so many questions, narratively. Um, it's... Yeah, that was the first thing I sent you guys last night after we were done. I was like, I have so many questions. Out of the five questions I sent, uh, three of them, or two of them, were the exact same, just repeated my questions were, um, what the fuck was that? Let's see. What, what did I send you guys? What the fuck was that? Why was it so sad? That was uh, the big one for me. Why did Nestor go back to where everyone made fun of him? Why was it so sad? And what the fuck was that? Those were my questions. I, I have a theory about why it's so sad. Um, just because uh, if you think comparatively about all of the other animation or storytelling of that time, you know, you have films like Bambi and, uh, uh, God, that's the only one that I well, can think of that's that heartbreaking. But, you know, you have to have uh, some sort of loss in order to gain sympathy for the character. I mean, the hell with him for being born different in the first place, but, you know, it's, it's the kind of, it was the formula, and this came out in 77, so that was still the, the regular formula of a lot of animation as far as, like, having a parent or a grandparent or being orphaned, you know, you think about Little Orphan Annie and, like, how that comic strip was super popular way back when, like, it, it just kind of you have to get sad because <laughs> now now Disney movies and other animated movies don't want there to be an evil entity. They don't want that loss to be there. They want people to feel empowered and strong within themselves. Uh, whereas like when we were growing up and saw some of the older stuff, it is dark. Mm-hmm. It's very dark. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> this... Fe- <sighs> Just compared to the other Rankin-Bass stuff, this feels like a speed run of their material. Like, just like, they have they have less time in this one than they do in, like, their other specials. So they want to make yeah. sure that you are sympathizing as hard as possible. Yeah, this one did seem rushed to me. I mean, but, like, the little drummer boy is just as sad. I know you probably haven't seen that one, but, like... Also, I think the only other one that directly deals with uh, Jesus and the Nativity <laughs> via Rankin-Bass. I think Bass. so. I think there's there's one about somebody that goes blind on a hill and, like, is is brought in by a church full of nuns, and, like, that, that has a little bit of, like, titters of the nativity but yeah for the most part it's like frosty and, and they have uh, their own Rudolph. like kind of like pantheon and, mm-hmm. and way of dealing with like it's like because like all the natural forces have a representation and it's like you can still easily within their weird theology kind of fit god and jesus in there but it's just like oh sure because everybody that um was in the the i guess the Rankin Bass universe was mm-hmm. at the the Christmas tree at the very end. You have Santa, 
you have Mrs. Claus, you have a Jingle and Kringle from um, The Year Without a Santa Claus, mm -hmm. you have Rudolph. So, I mean, they all show up at oh, the end, so they're all Christians. That was 100% their original models, yeah. Sure. Well, so, Chris, you What had, about Frosty? <laughs> well, it he was, was outside. It was, too, it was too hot that day. <laughs> now, Chris, earlier today, you said that you wanted to give a summary okay. of the plot of this film. Because this is what it feels like to me, just describing this movie. It feels like... It's like they came in with their elevator pitch, their outline for the special, and it's, okay, so we have this donkey. He's got super long ears, and he's made fun of by all the other animals that he lives with on his farm, presumably in Scandinavia, because the farmer's name is Olaf. Uh, okay, so they make fun of him. and, uh, and The Roman Empire stretched very, very it far. It did. No, it did. So it, it's, it's, it's credible that it happened. It's just surprising. Mm-hmm. A movie uh, review and a history lesson. <laughs> but it's like, so, so yeah, this, this farmer's raising him, doesn't really like him. But then the Romans come in, say they need donkeys. And then when they try to take Nestor, it's like, oh, no, his ears are too long. Ugh, you're trying to cheat us. So then, they, so then he casts Nestor out, and his mom goes with him. And then it's like uh, she shields him from the storm that's happening. But it's real sad because she dies. So then he's got to keep walking on his own. Then an angel comes down, a cute little cherub. And the cherub says... That you... has smoked at least a pack a day. <laughs> at least. I'm Dilly. And was, I'm your guardian angel. It was smoother than that, but it was way... It was. It was very deep for <laughs> yeah, a cherub. Yeah, it, it was... Uh, it was a little raspy. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> that cherub was a baritone at best. It was a cheritone? <laughs> it was a cheritone. So anyway, she's like, you've got you've to walk to this place to be there at this right time. So they walk, and they walk, and there's a song that's being sung because, it's, because they're just walking this, for like the whole second act. They're walking, and then they get there, and, it's, and so he's got to stay at this place where a guy sells animals for people to ride. And then Jesus and Jesus, I mean, Mary and Joseph show up. I mean, Jesus is there, he's too, there, just yes. in a different form. Yeah. yeah. It turns out he's the donkey that's going to take them. Uh, to Bethlehem. Which Mary cracks me up in this because Joseph looks pretty good. He's got a beard. He's got like salt and pepper hair. He, he looks as Arabic as possible. Mm -hmm. Mary is so fair. She is so white and yep. has like mousy brown hair and blue eyes. She, her eyes are so blue she looks blind. <laughs> It's true. It, but and, she's immaculate, And you can't help right? but notice this because there's a very specific scene where there's just a close-up of Mary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where I'll, I'll come back to that because that's funny in its own right. Um, but it's like, okay, so he ends up being the donkey that takes, uh, takes them to where, where they're going to have Jesus in the manger. Uh, the end. <laughs> and they're, they're like, okay, that sounds great. So yeah, it's like, so you'll do it. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, you get 30 minutes uh, minus commercials. And then he's just saying, he's like, we needed like an hour. Nope. It's funny that you mention um, how lily white uh, Mary Magdalene is. Mary, uh, Mar know. Yeah. Wrong Mary. Yeah, wrong Mary. <laughs> There's too many Marys, leave me alone. Um, it looks to me like they were uh, trying to do the best imitation they could uh, in claymation form of the classic portraits of Mary. Sure, yeah. 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 Oh, we all got it. Whenever she walked into the stable, oh, we yeah. were like, oh, that's Joe and Mary. Like, we got it. Joe and Mary. <laughs> Joe I and Mary. Um, this fall on CBS. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, uh, the scene, when we were talking about looking at Mary, there's a scene where it's like the merchant's going to charge them a fortune to ride Nestor because they like him the most. And... <laughs> They come to a close-up, 
of Mary. And as they show off before, they have God's divine light just, uh, just highlight her. And she asks very nicely for the donkey, and he gives it to her. And I just sat there going, did I just see the Jedi mind trick? Right, right. Yes. She, had, she had, like, super mind control powers. And the little stable guy was like, why did I do that? <laughs> uh, see, I was under the impression that God himself shone a holy light on this salesman to make him do this, which right. made me, Basically, it, it raised more questions to me because I was like, where is this ability, like, always? That's, that's too theological for a uh, discussion about a Rankin-Bass Christmas special. Oh, no, let's but, break it down. Let's go. <laughs> Um, well, I don't think they, I don't think we have any, uh, room to poke holes, like not too many holes in this because it was so short. I got a couple. Let's start with the opening <laughs> where we meet Nestor's ancestor, uh, descendant, excuse me, Spieltoe. Spieltoe? No, Spieltoe. I looked it up. Spiel, like Spiel, Spiel or, or Steven Spieltoe. Yeah. Kind of like that. It's like S-P-E-I-L-T-O-E. He's a Jewish horse? I don't think so. Donkey? Jewish donkey. Jewish donkey? I don't, I don't think so. It's like German? It's weird. Germanic? Yeah, kind of. Um, but they don't explain, like, well, they explain, it's like, you get the idea that he's Nestor's descendant, so he's telling the story. They don't explain how he ends he up being He got his long air, ears bred out of him then, because, yeah. like, that, that donkey looked completely yeah. sane. Yeah, and on top of that, they never explain why he's Santa's donkey. Just oh. that he is. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just a regular old donkey. I mean, is this the lineal reward for him bearing Mary? Well, I was under the impression, again, gener- overgeneralizing this, uh, you know, critical work in claymation, that uh, when he said he was a descendant of... Uh, Nestor, he just meant in a general sense, in the way that we are like all ancestors of Adam and Eve. I feel like he meant direct. <laughs> I don't, you know what? You know? It would not surprise me. Um, I, I had so many uh, nits to pick with this movie, <laughs> but the thing that stuck with me throughout the whole thing was Nestor's ears are prehensile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they are long, and he keeps tripping over them. But you're telling me that Olaf and the dude that sells him or gives him to Mary and Joseph at the end, nobody ever looked at his prehensile ears that he uses to pick things up and wave around like arms and was like, oh, man, this is the most useful donkey in the world. Well, he never wants to show them that. They're mean to him. Why would he, why would he accentuate the thing that makes him different? That's a good point. And now we're, yeah. Now we're, uh, but when he's with Tilly, he uses his ears as snow skis. It's true. He does. And he does that at the end, too. Yes, he does. <laughs> and they are fine with it, because now he saved the Lord and Savior Jesus. That's the other hole I need to poke. He goes back home to the farm that he started, that he was born at, and they pick him up and they cheer him like a hero. How did they know what he did? I think that's the Rudolph complex, though. Like, why would Rudolph go back to the place that ultimately made fun of him all the time i don't know no but it, it's it's even weirder here because they didn't witness what he did or really know what it signifies eh, they probably got like a roman newspaper or something uh, yeah sure but if they had gotten a roman newspaper it would have read something like child born in bethlehem yeah random kid born in stable uh, no one knew the significance at the time or or the kings <laughs> that came to see the jesus spread baby spread the word spread the word 
And we'll see, as I was telling Chris, I think that the entire last sequence where he returns home and is hailed as a hero and everyone loves him now is, to borrow a phrase uh, from How Did This Get Made, a Jacob's Ladder scenario. I, I think those are the dying visions of a, a Nestor who what? came home to still get made fun of and everyone was mean to him. Well, why, did, why did he even come home? Why didn't he stay with... with I Mary don't Jane? know, Chris. That's the question that I'm we're all asking. I'm asking you, the writer of Nestor. <laughs> I, well, you, well, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, I would have stayed with Mary. She was nice. Yeah, she, she nice. liked him and he yeah. obviously provided a service. Much like Rudolph, the, the lesson of this movie is you're useless until you can provide a service mm-hmm. and then we're all going to love you. Well, that's you. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's, that's why it's oh, the, yeah. the Rudolph complex. Like, that's why he went back. It's like, we don't know how to end this. I guess he'll just go back home at the end. Yeah. You've heard of the Oedipus complex and the Electra complex and the Madonna whore complex. Now we've got the Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas donkey complex. Mm. Sure. Or I'm sorry, no, the Rudolph complex. Yeah, this where, say that. Where you're a hero and everything's happy at the end because, well, we got to wrap this up. Right. Well, we got to wrap this up and also you turned out to be useful to us. Ooh, sorry. I can also poke a hole. Uh, the, the money that was exchanged between the Roman centurion and Olaf, the, um, the uh, farmer or the herder, mm-hmm. was American money. He holds a nickel <laughs> in his hand. You could see the Jefferson Monument on the back of this little coin that they put in his hand. I'm guessing they were thinking the camera would obscure it or something. Uh, well, you know, we, we probably watched it when it was super grainy back in the 70s, yeah, right? Yeah. So, like, but still, the attention to detail. I can pick that up now. Like the fact that they needed little silver coins and, you know, Are you I te- got a nickel in my pocket. Let's go. Like, I, Are you telling me that the Romans did not use American money? Yeah. And the Bible wasn't written in English. I know a few Christian historians who would like <laughs> to have a conversation with you about sure, that. Sure. Bring so them on. Something that surprised me was um, when Nestor meets Tilly, the cherub, he just apparently so apparently according to Rankin Bass, all animals inherently know about God, because she because he just he's just like I'm from I'm from she kind of alludes to the fact that she's from heaven and God's up there and he's like oh yeah okay yeah and just hey, let's just accept it and move on yeah that's yeah. that's we the got universe. 13 minutes left. all of yeah. God's creatures mm-hmm. well I you know what I actually needed more Tilly in my life because it seems like she. Um, I don't know, was just now learning, so it would have been nice to get a little little more guidance from Tilly or, like, them learn from each other or that's, something. That's, I think that's the main problem with the whole special is, like, a little... It could have stood to expand upon a lot of this stuff. Yeah, because you think about the other Rankin-Bass uh, cartoons that are pretty popular. They, they tend to flush out a lot of their mm-hmm. characters. Um, yeah, I, I think this one was rushed. <laughs> Uh, for I, sure. I'm of the opposite opinion. I feel like we needed less Tilly because for a cherub, she was fucking terrifying to look upon. <laughs> she, she was kind of bossing him around. She was kind of bossing around someone who just lost their mom. <laughs> yeah, so let's take a moment to talk about 
Nestor's mom freezing to death because up until that point, I was all on board. It was a genuine shock. It was. I was all on board with the idea of this <laughs> I, absurdist piece. I thought when of, they were in the snow and she crawled over him for warmth, it'd just be like, well, they're going to get up and start walking. Then next scene, he just nope, looks back. She's a popsicle. Yes, she is frozen dead under a mound of snow. And I was like, what the fuck? I like to think that's where the first commercial break was, where they bed down and she protects him and goes, ears up, Nestor. And then it cuts to commercial and then it cuts back and then that happens and all the children scream. Or, I, you know, the children might not have no, really but the got it. <laughs> but, you know, like you just see like a little hill and the narrator tells you like, oh, his mom didn't make it. I don't But know. they couldn't have shown that, no. you know. Well, yeah, I mean, him brushing the snow aside to reveal her frostbitten corpse would have been a bit too much for claymation and whatever. Just five minutes of mama, mm-hmm. wake up mama from, like, uh, land before time. Yeah, I mean, it's realistically no better or worse than Bambi's mom dying, like you pointed out earlier, Katie, but still just so jarring to me in the in the land of Christmas specials. Having watched so many bad ones for this podcast, but also so many like beloved classic ones, uh, I don't remember the scene in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer where both of Rudolph's parents die. That's how Rudolph becomes Batman. <laughs> I would watch. I would watch that special. We'll talk about that next Christmas. Um, yeah, that the whole thing just left me sitting there, mouth agape. And Katie actually asked me, "Are you okay? <laughs> you saying it left you kind of cold?" Oh, <laughs> too Left her kind of cold. Too soon. Well, you you say, you say that kind of like the the big emotional moment they have later. That's what I feel because he's trying to get through the desert and the storm whips up and he hears a voice saying that they'll guide him and he's like, wait, that's not Tilly and it's his mom saying, I'll guide you across. And I said out loud, you haven't earned that. Well, and if we're <laughs> if we're nitpicking, his mom had not earned that. No, saying the special didn't earn that. The special hadn't earned that big a Well, I think moment. she had to die in order for for Tilly to to give them him the message of like, hey, you're going to help somebody just the way that your mom helped you. Now, did Nestor absorb that it could have been, am I going to die? <laughs> well, <laughs> Maybe. If, if we're going to uh, be nitpicky about I'm just thinking, you know that. what would have really helped Nestor? A live mom. Yeah. <laughs> And if we're going to be nitpicky here, uh, it's treated like a big thing that Nestor's mom provides, like gives him the advice. And because of his long years, he can hear the voices to lead Mary and Joseph through the sandstorm. But the narration explicitly says that a little while later, the sandstorm broke up. So they could have just stood there and waited it out a little bit longer without the need for Nestor's big ears or dead mom to come back and give him some advice. (laughs) You're both staring at me or like did, I'm crazy. Or, or, no. I was just thinking, I'm saying the oh, animators are and creators oh, are just, crazy for killing Nestor's mom. I'm just saying, okay. oh, you said that, okay. and then all I could think was Nestor the long-eared Christmas donkey and his dead mom. Put that <laughs> on a t-shirt. <laughs> we've been, we've been uh, playing around with uh, ideas for merch and no. t-shirts. I'm pretty sure get, Rankin-Bass is still going to get there. I don't want to get sued by Yeah. They they might not be as current as they once were, but they're they they they're going to find that shit out. What about an unauthorized sequel? 
You can't die twice. (laughs) Oh, this, what, what a weird choice I made because you made this. I did. Katie pointed out earlier. I literally, when we, we decided we wanted to do another Christmas special, a la Olive, a la Grandma Got Run Over. Uh, I I went I did what I did the last two times. I googled worst Christmas specials, and this one by virtue of its name. That's the only reason I picked it because I had never heard of Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey before, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And Chris, you acted like, "Yeah, uh, you've heard, you've seen it, you've heard of it." I had well, no, no I, idea. I hadn't. I, just, I I was aware of it. I just hadn't seen it uh. before. I never assumed that you see anything geared towards children because you never had a like an actual childhood so i just assume that if it's a cartoon that you probably have not seen it that is both hurtful and accurate where's the, the lie facts yeah no I, I i did not have a very um cartoony childhood i, like, I guess but kid I, oriented kid oriented christmas but i mean I still you didn't have a kid-oriented Christmas. A uh, kid-oriented uh, media co- childhood consumption. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I, anytime anybody questions my sense of humor, I like to point out to them that I was watching RoboCop at like six years old. But Nestor's claymation donkey mom really got you. It did. I will die on that hill just like she did. <laughs> she died under a hill. Thank you very much. She a made her side. own hill. Yes, she did. Just the the cutaway. <clears throat> Look, I, I will, if we don't wrap this up, I'll spend the entire no, rest no, of the fine. podcast. I, I did want to jump to a lighter note, and because I think I think it was Stan who pointed it out. Uh, the dog they went wild on that dog's design because it was doing something weird almost every frame. It was well, in. I mean the the herder or the farmer was like, "Ah, oh, you're so different, Nestor," and this dog looked like it ate paint chips for breakfast. Like <laughs> it had it, the biggest uh, yuck face. It really did. It was the gooberiest dog and then he sits on it at yeah, some point. When and, the centurions storm in, he falls back on the yeah. dog. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, and then that's a character that didn't really get flushed out very much either, but that's neither here nor there. He was there. just there to look weird. It's just like, what's that dog doing? Right. He He's... Oh, yeah. He was tough to look at. Yeah. Olaf uh, got away light, I feel, for being directly responsible for the death of Nestor's mother. Like when he tossed Nestor out, he's very easily forgiven by Nestor at the end. Well, he's just there cheering. Yay. It's it's the you know, it's that donkey I hated. I thought she went away. willingly. She did. She, oh, well, she, she did because he threw Nestor out of oh, the stable. She attacked okay. him and left. She destroyed the stable and left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you do when you're poor disfigured child is tossed out of the only home it's ever known well and you know we we didn't really it kind of cut to santa and everybody singing around the christmas tree and that is just the story that spiegel uh spackle smeagle smeagle scomple sprocket scramble spielberg smollett stinky smorgasbord crosby stills and nash uh anywho that beginning donkey told us so it could be true it could be not so true Nestor could have gone back and burnt that farm to the ground and uh, done like a carry I feel in a, in a weird way in his little sentient ears a weird way, every time he complained about the donkey and Santa's nativity in the barn <laughs> every time he complained about the, the ears not being long enough I feel like he was a step away from calling the elves racist 
That would have been a bit much. Um, yeah, before we wrap up, I have one last nitpick, and this actually led to a, a debate between me and Katie last night that led to both of us Googling this. Uh, at one point, when Spielto is talking about all of Santa's reindeer, he goes through them by name, and you see their names on their individual stables, mm-hmm. uh, in their places in the stable, and one of them is labeled Donner. Which oh. is not that reindeer's name. Its name is Donder. I think it's because most people, just because the song came out a few decades prior, it, you're right, the name is Donder. But I think no one ever picks up on that when it's sung well, to the point where it's just like, it's because when they sing it, it sounds like Donner. Donder. Yeah, it sounds like Donner. They, they might have changed it for the fluidity of the song, too. And yeah. then now we just, it's, it's kind of like... Um, a Mandela effect. They're never going to yeah. say it right. Just um, say Donner. Yeah. So, uh, well, that and it's when I looked it up, it said um, my high sources said that um, it was Donner, but also spelled Donder and Dunder. Yeah, I personally like Dunder better. Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> Uh, that was actually a trivia question I, one night. I know Chris and I were there. Katie, were you with us? Yeah, I remember this that. Le- this led to almost a revolt in yeah. the bar that we were playing in because <laughs> the question was, uh, name all eight of Santa's reindeer, and then there was like, and then name these two other characters. And when the host was reading out the scores, only us and like one other table, I think, got a perfect ten. Because when she got to Donder, and she didn't give people points for Donner, and like you thought the bar was going to riot over mm. this. <laughs> See, uh, I didn't think we got it right. I thought we got. Well, I thought we missed Donder, and that that's like, and we we had a debate about that. No, I seem to remember getting overly aggressive towards whoever was writing the answers down. It was like, probably no, it's me. My God, Donder. There's two D's. Yeah. Either you write it on that paper, or I carve it in your forehead. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot that day. Uh, great memory. Great, <laughs> great time spent together playing trivia. But all in all, I don't think I, and my vote is still next year or whenever you do a Christmas in July, whatever, that we do Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Because if y'all really want to see some horse pucky, holy moly. I will never speak ill of Dolly Parton, but whoever wrote that, produced it, filmed it, whoo, that was tough. It is campy as hell. Dolly is fantastic, but the story is abysmal. And it used to be a stage play. Yeah, that's the most concerning part. Um, This is just the conclusion of what a wild year. Kevin Smith, uh, Christopher Nolan... Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey. You're right. All equal the, footing. All equal the footing, all three of them. Same Mount Rushmore. I didn't hate this one the <laughs> no, way that we, I hated the last two. It wasn't good. No, no there was. I, there's no vitriol towards I think, it. It's just, I think Rankin Bass would say this This isn't their best one. Is, I think like, they would openly I called admit it, that. I called it filler, and I, I kind of stand by that. It's like it was there to, to fill a slot, a time slot. For the it's and it's something super wholesome for the whole family to sit down and watch, and yeah, except for the part where Nestor's mom dies. Look, oh my God. do you want <laughs> Nestor's mom you? to still be alive? Yes, I do, Chris. Thank you. 
Oh, I'll man. I'll buy you a donkey. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So I can bury it in the snow. No. <laughs> no, ironically, it'll no. love it'll love playing in the snow. Oh, um, then we could have donkey jerky. God. Well, from everyone, <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't try it. I'm, from everyone at Long Walk Podcast, I hope that you had a very happy holidays, listeners, and that you have a happy new year, and that 2022 brings you. Great fortune. Uh, Katie, if people want to follow you or reach out to you online, where can they do that at? I will take all of your donkey and Bible-related questions on Instagram at KTB. Won't stop believing. And Chris, if people want to follow you or reach out to you online, where is the best place for them to do that at? Well, I know the worst place, which is Twitter. I'm on. I'm at Chris the OK on Twitter. Can I do one more shameless plug? Yes, you can. Uh, so myself and uh, the host of uh, This Is a Work, um, and also the co-host of This Is a Takeover, uh, Two Dogs, Hayes, and Gina Belmont, are in a production of Romeo and Juliet, produced by Free Rain Theater, coming to you in mid-February. So keep an eye out for that. Ticks will be at carolinaticks.org. We would love to see you there for an iconic romantic tragedy. If you ever read it, doesn't end well. So. All right. Well, if you want to follow me online, you can do that uh, on Instagram at DB Hensley to keep up with the uh, Long Walk podcast and the various podcasts on the network on social media. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Long Walk Podcast and Twitter also at Long Walk Podcast. Uh, if you want to keep up with Long Walk Productions, you can visit us online at longwalk.us or you can search for Long Walk Productions and Long Walk Podcast on Facebook. To see more of our original work or hear past episodes that are no longer streaming, you can follow the YouTube links in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and if you enjoy this show or any of the shows on the Long Walk Podcast Network, please make sure to leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Ears up, Nestor. Ears, Nestor.